0: guys, this is Jeremy, and I'm your host for this Men's Global Livestream. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And I want to encourage you to check out our previous series for men called the Corona Chronicles, which talks about how to experience God's power and purpose during the COVID-19. Now, this is through the transition period, but also what God wants to do after this waiting period. Now, tens of thousands of men, men's group, and churches are taking advantage of this time to reach men, and so can you. Today, we're in part two of our latest men's series called The Big If. And to get you ready, let me ask you a question. Do you like clear, simple communication? You know, the kind that allows for simple responses, simple choices, and simple connection with whoever you're talking with? Now, if your answer is yes, then you're going to love this series. Now, I also think that we can agree that language matters in relationships, but it especially matters in your relationship with God. And on that front, it's a good news, bad news situation. Now the good news is that God speaks clearly and uses simple if-then language when talking about how we can connect to him and experience him. Now the bad news is that we can choose the negative consequences of going against his revealed will and plan. Today's study is no different. Jesus says simply, anything is possible if a man believes. Now I want in and that, don't you? Anything is possible? That is exactly what Jesus said and is saying right now to you, no matter what challenge you may be facing right now. So now the question is, what does believing mean exactly so I can see God's power flow into my life? And that's what we're going to dive into right now. But before we do that, do you know of anyone facing a difficult situation or circumstance who needs the hope of Jesus' promise if we believe? now, if you do, let's be men who spread hope by simply sharing this live stream right now. Now, let's join men's expert and pastor Kenny Luck from the Everyman Studios in Southern California for part two of The Big If. Hey, good morning, men,
1: and welcome to today's global live stream. I'm so glad you're here, and if you're here for the first time, I want to welcome you. If you have a Bible, you're going to want to hold a spot in Mark chapter 9, and let me just give you a little overview on this series that we're in called The Big If. Now, if you want one statement that sort of summarizes what we're talking about in this series called The Big If, it's that language shapes relationships. Right? And I think if you're in relationship with with anyone, uh, clear language in relationships makes for clear choices. And as dudes, as men, man, we appreciate that. We don't live in the realm of mystery and veiled communications. Guys like clear communication. Can I get an amen? So in relationships, when words and communication are exchanged, it gives you a chance to respond. And when words are exchanged uh, and you respond, that can bring your relationship close or it can make your relationship distant. It can make your relationship healthy or it can make your relationship unhealthy. Clear communication and good responses can bring joy or or communication that is mysterious. Uh, and bad responses can bring great frustration and all guys who are married understand what I'm talking about, or all guys who've been in conflict in relationships understand that. Now, what does that mean for us this morning? Well, what it means is is that when you have a relationship with God, right? God has spoken, God speaks, and God is speaking right now. And because He's communicating, that means we're we've heard, We hear and we continue to hear and that forms the basis for our relationship. So the reason this series is called The Big If is because of all the things that God says, of all the things that are in the Bible, are in God's words, um, the clearest communication that we really need to be paying attention to is when he makes a conditional statement. In other words, when Jesus says, if you do this, then you can expect me to respond this way. And, and that's the idea, uh, is seeing clearly uh, the, the conditional statements that God makes in Scripture so that we can make very clear choices, so that we can faithfully apply uh, what Jesus says, and then we can form expectations. You know, when things get kind of frustrating and fuzzy, is when we don't have clear communication. But that's what I love about the Bible. That's what I love about Jesus. That's what I love about what's going to happen right now in our time, is that God is going to speak clearly from his word. And then we're going to get a chance to respond. So what are we going to do with our time this morning? Well, we're going to spend some time refreshing our perspective with regard to God's word. And we're going to do that every time because what we're saying when we look at God's word and we respond to it and we assign a value to it is that um, the the relationship that we have with God depends on the words of God. Secondly, we're going to look at a very clear conditional statement of Jesus. Uh, Clearly, he communicates a condition where it's, if you do this, then you can expect me to do this or you can expect an outcome. And then we're gonna spend the balance of our time just applying what Jesus says. So first, let's look at our relationship with God's word. And I have at the top of the notes here uh, for this study uh, a verse from Psalm 119. And it, it paints a picture about how our relationship with God is a journey, that on that journey, uh, there are paths to take, and as we're on the journey with God, he's communicating, and he He advises to take certain paths that are going to bring us to certain destinations. And on the journey, our level in, of trust based on receiving his direction, taking certain paths, or not listening and taking wrong paths, uh, that accrues. We, we learn from those things, and that's the picture that is painted in Psalm 119, verses 104 through 106. I'm going to read that right now. The psalmist says, I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws smart guy on the journey the man of god trusts the words of god and there's this this increase in his understanding and his appreciation that when god speaks i should listen and when i listen to god's word um i start to make different choices i choose different paths and the picture that he presents is that of a lamp that's on his feet now you have to understand that um, in that time when he's speaking these words, uh, when you go outside, there aren't street lights, okay? There are paths and there are ditches. And if you don't have a lamp that is lighting the path for your feet, guess where you fall? Right into the ditch. I certainly know What that's like in my relationship with god i have fallen into the ditch so many times and the reason why i've fallen into the ditch is because i have heard what god says about a certain path to take but in my pride and in my self-sufficiency i have chosen my own path i've chosen my own desires and then i end up in the ditch because i haven't allowed god's word to kind of show me where i should put my feet in life in relationships and in different areas and I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate. So that's the picture of a man of God and his relationship with the word of God. He's on a journey. God's word is like a lamp to his feet and it keeps him from falling in the ditch. And that's my prayer for you as we move forward in this study. All right. Now, what's the big deal about God's word and its importance. Well, I want to go through a couple of more things with respect to when God speaks. And the first thing I want to cover is God's authority, when he speaks, provides my clarity. Write that down. God's authority provides my clarity. Now, when Jesus, who came from heaven, landed on earth and opened his mouth, Here's what happened. We read about it in Luke chapter 4, verse 32. Jesus has just come out of his temptation in the wilderness, and he's launched his public ministry. And listen to this moment where the man from heaven comes to earth and begins to communicate. It says this, they were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. Now, I want you to notice two words in that one short sentence, amazed and authority. When someone's amazed at words coming out of someone's mouth, it just means that they're struck. It's like, whoa, this guy knows what he's talking about. Have you ever talked to someone who doesn't know what they're talking about? And then you talk to someone who does know what they're talking about? and the gap between this person and that person is huge. You're struck and you're amazed by the authority which which they speak. And when you think of the word authority, which causes the amazement, what it means is that there's no separation between the person and the subject that they're talking about. That is exactly what happened when Jesus opened his mouth then it's what happened when it ha- it's what happens presently when Jesus opens his mouth right now his words are eternal his words are alive and his authority brings me great clarity right Jesus has the power to influence the power to command he has the right to say exactly what he's saying in fact Jesus would would want to close the gap with the people who are listening to him and, and make sure that they knew. There was no separation between the subject he was talking about and his words. We read about that in John chapter 14, verse 10. Um, he says this to his disciples, and he's saying to us this morning Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So what what is Jesus saying very clearly? He's saying, the words I speak are the words of God. And then he adds to that and he says, the words I speak are doing the work of God. Guys, when you are talking to a person... And he says words, and his words are God's words, and his words are the work of God, that is essential clarity. And I think that's what we're all striving for in our relationship with God. We don't want difficulty understanding God, we want clarity. And what gives us clarity is Jesus' personal authority. All right. Now, the second thing about Jesus' words that we want to talk about this morning uh, after his authority provides my clarity is this write this down. Revelation forms my expectation. You know, uh, wrong expectations in relationships kill those same relationships. You know, when there's a lack of communication and you don't know what a person is thinking, and then you make choices based on assumptions and expectations right that are poorly formed because there's poor communication well that's not supposed to happen in your relationship with god in fact jesus is emphatic about this point when he says in john 13 17 he says now that you know these things you will be blessed if you do them man that's perfect biblical clarity this morning That's perfect clarity from Jesus to me and you. He says, when I talk and you go from ignorant before to knowledgeable because I've communicated my words on that subject or that direction or that issue, you're going to experience the blessing of God if you do what I say. Man, isn't that awesome that... Jesus's revelation of God's will, when he reveals it through words. Now we can faithfully apply what he says, and we can start forming some some reasonable expectations. Jesus says, you're gonna be blessed if you do that. You know, I think there's a lot of us this morning who would love to be blessed by God. But if we're not listening to the revelation of God, and really hearing and knowing and internalizing, we can't expect that blessing. Frustration happens when you expect blessing, but you're not faithfully applying what God says. Now, the third, the third theme uh, surrounding the man of God and his relationship to God's word is this. Reception of God's word produces my salvation. And that's true initially when I received the words of God about himself and about his person and about his work. I am saved, all right? And in the relationship, the more I receive those words, the more God's salvation is worked out in my life. And we see we see this happening in, in the scripture. Uh, I just cherry-picked a situation where people heard the testimony of a person, and that's pretty good, but then they heard the testimony of Jesus and the words of Jesus. Listen to uh, their response to Jesus' words. The Bible says in John 4, 41 through 42, and because of his words, the words of Jesus, many more became believers, right? their salvation. They said to the woman, quote, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. What I love about this, this little vignette is that is that when people heard the words of Jesus, they became believers. There are some of you that are watching out there right now, and maybe this is your first time tuning in, and you're interested in God, you're interested in Christ, you're interested in heaven, you're interested in salvation, and we can learn how to become a believer Uh by looking at this experience that these people had. They heard the words of Jesus, they knew it was true, and then they acted, and they placed their faith and trust in his person. And that's all that's required to be saved, is to hear the words of Jesus about himself, that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to God but through him, and then to know that's true inside and to believe that and then to act on it and say yes. And if that's you, that's all you have to do this morning. You just have to say, Jesus, today, I believe you're the son of God. Today, I'm saying yes to you and to your person. I believe you're God. I believe you died for my sins so that I could be forgiven and have a home in heaven. Come into my life. There you go. And you will experience the same thing that people here. Believe. You become a believer. But then that process that saves us, that causes us to join the family of God and become a believer, that's the same process ongoing in the relationship. We continue to hear words, we continue to take them in, and we continue to say yes. So um, those are some great truths with respect to God's word and God's man. All right? His authority provides my clarity. His revelation forms my expectation, what he says. I can form expectations around what he says. And then when I receive the words of God, I'm saved by God. If I act on what he says initially and ongoing, all right? Now, let's go to the second part of today's study, which is we're going to look at a conditional statement by Jesus where he says, if you do this, then this will happen. And let me set up this sort of moment and encounter with Jesus, a father, and his son. Okay, so a dad has a son who is, who is demon-possessed, which means that he's controlled from the inside out and can't control his actions. The father's trying to help his son. There is an influence, there is a power inside of his son that's taking over his body. Okay? We know that from the text. And so this father who wants to help his son, who's out of control, he believes that Jesus is the solution. And, and he finally encounters Jesus. And let's roll the film. In Mark 9, 22 to 24, the dad says, Have mercy on us, my, my, myself and my son. Have mercy on us and help us if you can, Jesus And here's Jesus' response. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Don't you just resonate with that dad? We have situations in life. We know that Jesus is the answer. We know that Jesus is the object of our prayers, and we go to Jesus Uh, And yet, we are unsure of his willingness to help us. And and the words that Jesus uses with this father, who has a situation he can't solve on his own, with his son, are for us too. Anything is possible if a person believes. There's a conditional statement. If I believe in the person of Christ and his capacity and his power anything is possible. There's nothing too big uh, with faith in Christ. But what I love about this situation is that I feel like the Father so many times, where it's, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. The Father's unbelief was not a rejection of Jesus's promise. Uh, It wasn't rebellion. It's not a denial of who Jesus is or what he can do. It's just a statement of his desire. It's Just like, help me. I don't want to be unsure. I want to be more sure. Um, I'm here because I believe, I do believe that you're the answer, but I want to grow in my belief and I want my faith to be confident and sure. Man, isn't that true for us all? We're never going to have uh, perfect faith, but um, Jesus Lays it out there, right? So the Father is all of us, and Jesus' response is his response to all of us this morning. Anything is possible if a person believes. So with that in mind, we got to really focus on, for the balance of our time, what believing means if the consequence of believing is anything's possible, right? And like the Father... We have a sense that Jesus is the person. We need to approach him on the things that that are involved in our lives. And we want to grow in our belief. So let's, let's start unpacking what believing means. And number one, believing means not doubting Jesus. Now, before we unpack what Jesus says about doubt, let me just ask you a question. When you know something for certain, when you know something is a fact, when you know something because you have experience in that area, all right, and you communicate to someone your experience and what you know, and you're sure, but they respond to you with doubt, and they're not really sure, how does that make you feel? Now, I'm sure every guy listening to me right now has tribal knowledge in some area you have life experience you have work experience you have professional experience and when someone asks you a question in your area of tribal knowledge and expertise and experience and they doubt you they doubt your ability how does that make you feel the reason why i'm asking you those questions is because jesus is a person jesus is came from heaven jesus is one with the father jesus knows what the father wants he has experience he has tribal knowledge about things regarding eternity and heaven and god's plan for our lives and yet we doubt him and so he's concerned about what we would normally be concerned in relationships and this scenario of what jesus knows and people believing what he knows um, and them doubting what he knows, it seems to be a repeated theme. And we have to look at those interactions so that we can learn um, how to trust more versus doubt more. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 21, uh, you see Jesus talking to his disciples. So these are guys who believe in him and guys who've left everything to follow him. And so uh, to see them struggle with the issue of doubt is is really important for us to see. But uh, Jesus replies to them in Mark 21, Jesus replied, "'Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. What a scenario. So you have guys who are following Jesus, guys who love Jesus, and they're moving from from less doubt to more trust, and Jesus is helping them along this journey in their relationship with him. And what happened just before he said to these words is that he saw a fig tree, uh, that looked like there was a lot of fruit on it. Uh, its leaves were in bloom. And, uh, and when they approached it, there was no, no fruit. And he cursed the fig tree with, with his words. Uh, and there was a demonstration of Jesus's power. And so Jesus is saying, Hey, look, if you have faith in me and you don't doubt, right. What I just did, you can do what uh, if you have a challenge or a mountain, and by the way, when the Bible says mountain, uh, and the Scripture says mountains, uses hills, mountains, it's challenges, right? So think about that. Jesus says, but you can also say to this mountain, all right, go throw yourself in the sea, and it will be done if you believe. You'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. What's Jesus saying? It's like nothing's too big for me. I don't know what you're going through today, but nothing's too big for Jesus. In fact, I think we need to say that. Let's say it together. Nothing's too big for Jesus. All right? Well, I I don't know if you, you have a job loss right now because of the circumstance that we're in right now. I don't know if your marriage is hanging by a thread. I don't know if your kid has told you that he hates you. And there is a fracture in that relationship. But I'm just telling you that nothing is too big for God. No challenge, no obstacle, no difficulty, no test, no trial. Nothing's too big for God. Why? Because God is over what he creates. And that's what Jesus is trying to get across. And he wants us to believe that nothing's too big for him. And when you believe that nothing's too big for Jesus, you'll see Jesus do big things. Right? Um, Jesus talks about this uh, with in a scenario with a, a soldier, a commander. Uh, in Matthew chapter eight, and here's an example of someone who believes and doesn't doubt, and and it's it's an interaction where Jesus is in the city of Capernaum, and he meets a centurion. Let's roll the film on this interaction, and let's let's unpack it. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? Listen And he was amazed and said to those following, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. But you see how he didn't doubt? And the reason he didn't doubt is because he understood his position and his authority with his soldiers. And then he applied that to Jesus. And his position above what he creates his authority, and his ability. You see, that's what it means not to doubt. To have a right view of God, that creates a right belief in God. And this centurion understood, hey, I'm a person with a position who has authority, and when I speak, stuff happens, right? When we go to Jesus, we have to understand he is in absolute authority, over all things. And when he speaks, or he makes a promise, stuff happens. And so Jesus is in that same position as we would be as a person with position, a person with authority. And when he speaks, and we believe what he says, stuff happens. The centurion, who wasn't a Jew, but a Gentile, Jesus is astonished at his perception of him. And he says, man, I I haven't found anyone in Israel, right? The people of God with such great faith. So we look at believing and how that means not doubting Jesus. And that means seeing Jesus for who he is, knowing he's in a position of authority and knowing that when we believe what he says, stuff happens. Secondly, believing means imitating Jesus. This is how Jesus defined belief. First, not doubting his person or his capacity. Secondly, believing means imitating Jesus. And we go to his own words. When he's talking to his guys in John 14, 12, he says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I want you just to see and meditate on and think on right now two phrases. Whoever believes will do. So Jesus is contextualizing, hey, you know what believing looks like? You're going to be doing things, and oh, by the way, you're going to be doing the works I've been doing. So if you want to know if you're a believing person or you want to measure the, the substance of your belief in Christ, just look at your actions, and are you imitating The actions of Christ, right? That's the simplicity that we have of belief, and that's the scale of the results. Whoever believes will do the things I'm doing, and greater things will you do because you believe and because I'm going to the Father. That is incredible. So let's simplify what believing really means because. Anything's possible for those who believe. Believing means not doubting Jesus, understanding his position, his person, his authority, and that when we believe what he says, stuff happens. And then believing means imitating Jesus. Can I just ask you a question? What's your Christian life looked like? And you don't have to get all analytical about it. You can just say, am I doing what Jesus did, right? Am Am I reaching out to people? Am I loving God? Am I I praying? Am I talking to God? Am I walking with God? Do I know God's word? Am I serving others? Am I encouraging others? You just study Jesus' life and do what he does. When Jesus says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, it's an invitation, right, to imitation. Come, follow me. Follow me as I follow God. And then something happens. He says, I will make you. A fisher of men. That means that just as Jesus came from heaven to, to reach the lost and, and to connect with man and to save man, we see what Jesus does, we start doing what he does, and then the same thing starts happening. We transform from the inside out. In John 13, verses 14 uh, and, and 15, Jesus talks about how he sets an example. And he says this many times in the New Testament, but about how what you see me doing, follow that example. Come, follow me. Right? He says it this way in John 13. uh, It's going to be right on the screen. He says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So we see Jesus simplifying uh, this idea that believing in him means imitating him, right? We believe in Jesus's way, uh, and and that's gonna become our way for being and behaving uh, in our own lives. So here's the question, right? What does believing in Jesus mean? Believing in Jesus means imitating Jesus, right? How do I imitate Jesus? I, I believe his ways are the best ways, and I believe his behaviors are the best behaviors. Really simple. And when I believe that, right, my behaviors will reflect my beliefs. And then guess what? Anything's possible because we're believing. All right. Let's look at the third aspect of believing this morning. Believing means not doubting Jesus, imitating Jesus. Third, believing means personally risking for Jesus. All right in. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is talking about what it means to follow him. And he says this to his disciples, not unbelievers, but to people who place their faith in him. Uh, it says this in Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will Find it, okay? Do you see how Jesus is communicating that following him and believing in him involves a couple things? A cost and risk. So the cost is I have to deny myself and I have to take up my own cross and I need to follow him. It's going to cost me to follow Christ but then it's also going to involve risk so cost and risk. whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it. It's that picture of of letting go. there's and there's always attention uh, in in letting go in trusting. I mean I was thinking about this this morning and I thought man, Those people who do that trapeze stuff, you know, where, you know, they swing on one rope and then they let go and then the other rope appears. They have to to let go and they have to grab on and then they're delivered to the platform on the other side. But in that moment where they're in the air and they've chosen, okay, I got to let go now and I have to grab on so that I can get to. A destination on the other side. I think that's where a lot of, of us are today. In fact, I think there's a lot of a lot of you watching today where there's something that you're holding on to. There's a way of being there's a habit. There's an attitude. There's a relationship. There's something that you're holding on to where God is saying, hey, guess what? You know what? I'm going to send my will your way, and you got to let go of your will, and you have to surrender yours, and you have to let go of that, and you need to receive mine. You need to surrender your plan, you need to let go of that, and you need to, to embrace my plan. You need to let go of your purpose, and you need to embrace my purpose. You need to surrender to my intentions for why I created you. And and that, that takes faith. And Jesus is saying, you know what? That's what believing involves. Believing isn't just knowing something or knowing something's right or knowing that that's the right path to take. Believing is an action and a risk where it's just like, you know what? I have to commit without knowing. That's what believing in faith is. It's commitment without knowing. Let's say that together. Commitment without knowing. Okay. That's what Jesus is saying, you're going to have to commit without knowing 100%, and you're going to have to trust me and believe that I made you, I have your best interest in mind, and I love you, and you're going to have to let go, and you're going to have to surrender. So let's review. Believing means not doubting Jesus. Believing means imitating Jesus. Believing means taking personal risks and trusting Jesus, letting go of our plan to embrace his plan. Then lastly this morning, believing means changing my direction for Jesus. You know, one of the great things in working with men is watching their belief grow and them changing the direction of their life. I know a man is believing if the direction of his life is changing. And here's why I know. Because when the kingdom comes to a man, all right, when heaven comes to earth and when the king comes to us, the king changes your direction. Why? Because he has authority. He has position to change. And he has the power and capacity to change. But we have to believe. right? And we look in the Bible and we see these encounters with Jesus. And in Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus kind of moving from Preparation to initiation of the kingdom of God advancing. Listen to him talk. He says, The time has come. He said, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, Follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Boy, doesn't that summarize what we've been talking about today in terms of belief? They hear Jesus communicate. His authority provides absolute clarity, which leads to a new activity, right? His authority with his words, leads to a new clarity. And then it leads to new activities. What I love about this is Jesus saying, guess what? The kingdom has come near to you. Why? Because I have come near. And then when I'm near and I've come to you, what's your job? You got to change the way you think and you need to believe what I'm saying. And I love their response, at once, right? There's an immediate change of mind. And that change of mind changes the trajectory of their lives forever. That's why we're still talking about these guys. That's why we're still talking about Andrew and Peter and the disciples. And uh, it's because when Jesus spoke, they heard, they understood, right? They allowed what he said to change their minds. They used to think one way, now they think another way. And that change of mind, that repentance changes the trajectory of their lives. Now, that's the initial encounter with Jesus. He calls, we respond at once and we start following him but then we go through cycles of him calling us to new places and to new actions and to new attitudes and then we, we have another chance right, to change our minds and change the trajectory of our lives. That's where everybody who's participating in this live stream is at, right? Whether you're a new believer or whether you've been a believer for 50 years, we're in this cycle of Jesus coming near to us, communicating with us, calling us to change how we think, and then that change of mind produces a change of life. And we see this a little later on with Simon Peter in Luke Chapter 21, Jesus knew that his disciples would be tested. He knew that they would be attacked. He knew that their belief in him uh, would be challenged. And so Jesus tells Peter, and he's telling us the same thing this morning. Listen to these words from Luke 21. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So there's an initial belief on Peter's part. And then Peter gets on the journey with Jesus. Jesus is knowing that his belief will be tested, right? And Jesus goes, bro, I'm praying for you that your faith, your belief in me will not fail. And when you have turned back, meaning when you've gone through this cycle of maybe doubting and then rediscovering, and where you come back to me, um, you're gonna be used by me, right? There's a lot of guys that are watching this right now, and your faith is on the edge. You've been just hit by circumstance, after circumstance, after circumstance, after circumstance, and God, for sure, is testing your faith, but I want you to know two things. One is that Jesus is thinking about you, He's praying for you the same thing. He prayed for Peter, that in this moment, right now, today, that your faith might not fail and that you're going to turn. Because in this moment, when you turn and believe that God loves you, that God has a plan for you, that God's promises are true, that God is going to redeem this time in your life, that he can redeem anything. Why? Because he redeemed the cross, that there is a field of harvest for you, where you, because of your turn right now, you're going to strengthen some other guys whose faith is on the edge. You're going to strengthen a brother. So can I just talk to the guy right now who is teetering? Right now, God is saying to you, I'm behind you. I'm supporting you. I am with you. And I'm asking you to turn because when you turn back to me and you believe in me and you believe what I said and you believe what I say about you on the other side of your decision right now in this moment, there's a lot of guys who are going to receive strength when they see you make that decision and they see you walk in that decision to believe in Jesus and they're going to come back from the edge and they're going to be strengthened and their belief is going is to increase. Wow, God is on the move right now. And you know, I understand it's a battle to believe, but you know what guys, we have gotta get our head right. We have to get our head right about who Jesus is, just like the disciples did. We have to get our our head right, that our faith is going to be tested. Our faith is gonna be attacked. Our belief in Jesus is gonna be attacked. And we have to guard and manage our minds. In fact, that's what it talks about in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 10, it says this. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds, listen, of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Do you realize that right now there's a battle for your beliefs? And the reason there's a battle for your beliefs is because your beliefs will drive your behaviors. God is interested in what you're thinking and beliefs are about him and so is the devil. The devil is very interested and the devil's job is to try to take down and pollute and dilute your belief in the person of Christ and in the clear words that he says and to get you to doubt and to get you retreating versus risking And to get you all confused in your head. But guess what, guys? That's why we're here. We're getting clear this morning about what we believe. And what we're declaring this morning is that, you know what? We believe that Jesus is God. We believe that his words are for us. We believe that if we trust in his promises and don't doubt, anything is possible for God. Nothing's too big for God. And we're affirming that right now through his promise and with each other. You see, the reason we have to get our head right is because we're gonna live out what we think. In fact, that's what the Bible teaches. In Proverbs 23, seven, it says this, for as he thinks within himself, so he is, right? That means that my thinking will be projected into my living, right? So that's why this study this morning is so important. The man of God in relationship with God hearing words from God. And when we hear words from God that are conditional, if we believe anything is possible, we have to lean into that clear communication. And then we need to say, well, what does believing mean? right. It means that we're going to doubt less. We're going to trust more. Believing means that we're going to imitate Christ more and imitate culture less. Believing means we're going to risk more for Jesus and we're going to retreat less, right? Believing means we're going to change our minds more and change our direction more and we're going to stay stuck less. And that is the message that Christ has for every one of us this morning. He doesn't want you stuck. He doesn't want you retreating. He doesn't want you imitating culture. And he doesn't want you doubting today. And he has very clearly communicated to us this morning. So there's the question. Jesus has said, if you believe, anything is possible. The question right now is, do you believe what Jesus says? Do you believe who he is? Do you believe in the authority of his words? Because if you believe in the authority of his words, you're clear. Do you believe that that revelation, if we believe anything's possible, will that shape your expectations of how you're gonna live today and your choices, right? And if you receive those words, is he gonna move in power to save? You See guys, that's why we go about this study the way we do. We establish God's word as our reference point. We look at God's word. We unpack what it says. Now we got to move from inspiration through what Jesus says to application. And the way we move to application starts in prayer. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. And I want you to declare your intentions with me. You can even say it with me right where you are. Say it with your mouth. Say it out loud. Just say, Jesus. I want you to help me with my unbelief. And I come to you now because I do believe. But Lord, I have this desire to believe you more so I can see the possibilities in my life open up. So help me to believe more today in you and your authority and in what you say and to doubt less. Jesus, help me to imitate you. Help me to love God and love people the way you did and help me to to imitate Christ and to imitate culture less. Jesus, help me to risk more today in different areas of my life for you. Knowing what you said, help me to trust and believe that that's the best way to be and that's the best way to behave so I can see your work in my life. And God, help me to change my direction today. I want to change my mind more so I can change my direction more and stay stuck less, Lord. Thank you that you are at work, that your words are the work of God in my life. And right now, I just receive your words that if I believe anything is possible, And so, Lord, right now, having declared our faith, God, I pray for the impossible to start happening right now. God, we know who you are. We know what your will is to love you and love people in every way possible. We have received your word. And now, God, I pray for the the manifestation of your promise, that the possibilities for men who've lost their jobs would start to open up, that the possibilities in men's marriages would start to transform And they would begin to see your hand at work as they start imitating you, Jesus, in their behavior with their wives. God, I just, I declare the possibilities opening up, God, for hope for depressed men right now listening to us. Lord, your hope is opening up. Your light is shining because you're bigger than whatever the obstacle is that's causing the sadness. Jesus, thank you that you are the overcomer, that you've overcome the world and every challenge in the world. So, God, we're saying right now to the mountains and challenges in our life, be removed because you said that you would do it. And we receive right now all the possibilities of our belief and faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name, we pray. And God's men said together, amen and amen and amen. God has done a work in many of your lives in this moment. I want to hear about it. Go to everymanministries.com. Click the Contact Us button. And I want to hear about your breakthrough. In fact, if you have stories of breakthrough, we want to know what those stories are. Because God is on the move in this world. This world needs us, man, to believe in Jesus' person and his words and to watch the, the, the impossible become possible. And as people see us believing, they're going to be strengthened There are Christians and other men connected to you that are gonna see your belief right now in this time of history. And they're gonna become believers because of your belief. So there's a lot at stake, men. Uh, This has been a great time in God's word. Make sure that you click share and share this live stream because God is raising up guys all over the world, right? For this season of harvest and impact. I believe that. And if you need some help, Make sure to contact us at Everyman Ministries. If you're in a men's group, uh, make sure that you, you're you subscribing and that you're a part of this community of men who are rising. If you're a church and you're a pastor, uh, make sure that you reach out and figure out a way to, to impact uh, the men in your community so that the kingdom of God advances and the gates of hell fall. That's my prayer for you as individuals, as men's groups, and as churches. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for watching our national broadcast. If you felt connected to today's message, there's a couple of things that you can do. First, you can subscribe to our daily devotionals. Each day you will receive via email a new men's daily devotional for you to go deeper in your walk with God. Now second, you can sign up and be a subscriber to our Everyman platform. We have hundreds of custom curated curriculums for you and your men to do Bible study together. We also have special documentaries, films, and even music from our Dangerous Good Conference. We want you to be a part of our growing community of men that are being transformed daily to become what God always intended them to be. Now to subscribe, just go to our website at everymanministries.com and sign up today. Thanks so much for watching and God bless.